0: They're exploring. Mm-hmm. Everyone has launched an exploratory committee. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they are exploring the possibilities of potentially running for the for president of the United States. So they're seeing: Can I raise enough money? Can I move enough people? Can I get enough votes? You know? Can I build a team? Mm-hmm. You know? They're thinking about these things, and they're also building their narrative. Mm-hmm.
1: They're shaping
0: their narrative. So in the beginning part of the campaign, one thing that is really important is you have to build your narrative. You have to. What is your, what is your stump speech? Who are you? Why are you someone that I should vote for and trust with my with my civil do, like with to trust to serve me? You mm-hmm. know you are. What a campaign and a candidate is doing is a really 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 long hard and very expensive job interview.
1: This week's episode I have on Erica Claudio, and it was a really good conversation. It was a really long conversation. We spoke for about three hours, like two hours and like 54 minutes. Um, So it was a lot. We covered a lot of ground, but I thought that it would be better to condense it um, to... I don't know. I just thought three hours was a lot and I could be overthinking it. But whatever, we're here now. Um, I got it down to an hour and 30 minutes and we talked about everything from um, her experience, how she got into being a political advocate, um, how she deals with, you know, boundaries, a lot of things with her. Personal growth experience, her time working with Bernie Sanders, her time working with Stacey Abrams, and a bunch of just middle ground in regards to you know how we can interact um, with each other, how we can uh, digest and understand what's going on in this political climate with the news cycles that we receive, and how we can be you know better informed and um, help better reform what's going on around us because there's a lot of things that. I don't know. When I was growing up, I had like Schoolhouse Rock. My mom constantly made me watch Schoolhouse Rock to get familiar with, you know, history and political events and a bunch of stuff. But I don't think we have a lot of that now. And on top of everything just getting us as angry as it's getting us, I think anything is even more frustrating when you don't understand it. So I think Erica literally stands in the middle between um, politics and culture in that way that helps A lot of things be able to be translated um, in the most layman's of terms so we can understand it and then have a better um, feeling about what's going on around us. And I think in, in that way, we'll be better informed and better equipped to even manage our emotions. We won't get so mad about certain things that could sound like it's bad, but... It may actually be helpful. And I think that's very important and very necessary in this climate. So it was good to sit down and chop it up with her as someone who, like I said, is young, um, like myself. Um, And I consider a peer. I consider very well-spoken, very knowledgeable, very caring. She definitely Cares a lot about the work that she does And I think that's also a very important part Um because you know You don't want to get attached to someone and then they just feel like Oh I'm not going to do this anymore You know what I mean it takes people who even if they do Take a break you know they're going to come back to it You know they're going to get back to it and deliver that same You know vigor in delivering Information that we need because politics Isn't going away presidential candidates Aren't going away races aren't going away This is stuff that we're constantly going to Need to be informed about over and over Again so again I'm um, looking forward to sharing the episodes with you guys shout out to kayla for connecting us i really do appreciate it um and yeah let's get into the episode all right so new episode of one could argue and i have erica claudio i call you young claudio that's what's up so we're gonna run <laughs> with roll with that. I have your that. Claudio on here. That's
0: a new one. It is. It is. Really? Usually people call me Claudio or E Money. That's those have been my, my E
1: Money th- is that like a childhood? No, like that's a like a I'm a little
0: gangster with it. You oh, know, Lord. a lot of people that I've worked with before just start calling me E Money, and then E-money. some friends of mine just call me E Money. I don't know, but then you know, childhood really is Claudio. Claudio is like more of a childhood. What
1: made Claudio stick instead of Erica? Was it just like that interesting of a last name?
0: I think so. And then like a lot of people call my dad Claudio, mm-hmm. like in my family. And, like, I look like my dad a lot, look just like him, actually. So they just started calling me little, like, Claudio. Mm. And then it, people in church started calling me It just picked up. And then it became a thing. And Ooh. then also my Instagram name is Claudio. And a lot of and people. And that's the thing. That's
1: why I thought it was your first name. I was like, oh, this is a cool name. And Thank then you. when I actually looked at your Instagram, I was like, yeah, Erica's definitely not a last name. <laughs> so her first name is probably Erica. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I just started calling you Erica when I talked to you on the phone the other day. I was oh, like, yeah? Yeah, let me try to call her. No, you Disney. can call
0: me Young Claudia. I actually feel very empowered by that. So I appreciate that. We can keep that <laughs> energy. <laughs> All right, cool. So
1: I'm excited to have you on here today. We've had um, a few ideas about just conversations and how to just get into this thing because I found out about you through Kayla. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me about, you know, your work and how you've, uh, at that time, were in the middle of the Stacey Abrams campaign and I think before then You were working with Bernie Sanders On his campaign and I was like oh wow like This is one of those I find myself now and me and Roop talk about This all the time like when you look At the people who are Moving and shifting culture That are at the forefront and where I feel like now we're seeing people who are going to be stepping into those roles Aww. over the next five or ten years you know what I mean yeah, yeah. and it's like oh these are becoming my peers these are the people that we're, we're gonna be ushering being... into the space you yeah. know what I mean so I was like okay this is dope like I definitely want to at that time simply because of everything that was going on with Stacy. I was mm-hmm. like oh this would be a great opportunity to have you on here to discuss it and then just the experience that I'm sure came with everything else oh gosh so with that I really just wanted to start with in regards of you getting into the political space, yeah. was that something that was started because you just admired it or was it something that you experienced that made you be like, oh, this is what it feels like to be oppressed or deal with a certain situation. This is the solution to it. Mm.
0: That's a, It's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, probably more the latter than the first Mm-hmm. but i will say that i did grow up pretty marginalized um and as i navigated my experiences i just would always wonder like what can be done to make sure that no one else has to go through something like this right. you know and mainly it's like you know poverty and like you know um abuse and like um you know lack of economic opportunity, you know, mass like my brother for my majority of my life in behind bars, you know, so like just being exposed to like all these different, you know, injustices very early on in life and just really wondering like is this life um but it wasn't until i moved down to georgia that i actually realized that life was different mm-hmm. when i was growing up in brooklyn everyone was pretty much in the same position that i was in that wasn't that was in my neighborhood in my community so i didn't know anything else so right. all i knew was struggle and hustle and grind that was that was all i ever knew In pain, you know? And when I moved to Georgia, I realized that um, people have both parents. That's a a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I realized Mm -hmm. that it was like white people was a thing that Caucasian, because in New York we use the word Caucasian, you know? So... (laughs) white people is a thing right. you know and like the like people are actually like american white people because in new york it's usually like you're jewish or you're bosnian or you're russian it's very in my neighborhood in bed you don't meet a lot of white people back then mm-hmm. it wasn't like so i didn't really interact i didn't go to school with white kids i didn't have white teachers and i didn't have white people in my community mm-hmm. it's very different now um so anyway, so I said all to say, you get all these different exposure, you know, so, like, that was a culture shock. So when I moved to Georgia, it was like, there's more.
1: Right, right. And that
0: was the admiration. That was the, well, if there's more, I want to go get that. Yeah. So then I just began seeking that, but honestly, it wasn't until I went to college, um, and Obama won his re-election bid in 2012, my freshman year, and he uh, he did it. Mm-hmm. And he did it with so much, like, grace and like integrity and like and I wasn't old enough to appreciate the 20, 2008 win, even though I knew it was a historic win. I mm. still didn't see myself as someone who could do something like that. Right. But when he did it the second time, I was like, oh, this is really possible. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I changed my major from education to political science and I began to go on that path and I began to organize and like ask questions and enforce and hustle and finesse. And eventually I found my way.
1: Mm. That's interesting because it's interesting how those those small changes can open up your just vision and your experience cuz I remember even when I moved down here I moved down to Georgia in 06 and it was at that time, it was when, I don't know, I feel like everybody had a cousin that moved down, and yeah, then they yeah. sent word back, like, oh, like everything's cheaper down here. Yeah. And it was just like, <laughs> oh, man, so we moved down here. Yeah. And the same way, I I went to school, because my mother put me in private schools coming up until I got put out of them. But <laughs> um, so I wasn't totally in as, mu- as much of a culture shock as to experiencing white people. <laughs> but when I got down here... Just the the aspect of southern hospitality mm-hmm. and how friendly people were down for, here for
0: like genuinely yeah genuinely like, and genuinely, it was like, we're like it was like wait, yeah like
1: what like what, why what are you, you so, to me right hundred percent and it was a it was a lesson for me because I had to learn I feel like a lot of people who moved down from New York have to learn not to be so like mean and rude because mm-hmm. it's like. It really put it in perspective how rude we can be from up I don't up think top. we're like, rude.
0: I think we're hustlers and we're focused mm-hmm. and we just don't have time for bullshit. Because sometimes with the hospitality comes a lot of bullshit and a lot of, like, you know, cushion that doesn't mm. really need to be there. That's an interesting you know? perspective. It's just like, you know, I don't need that extra, you know, from you. It's like, I'm having a good day. You're having a good day. Okay, great. See you later. You know, <laughs> like that's you an know? interesting, that's an interesting <laughs> perspective. you get held up for ten minutes, entertaining conversation from somebody who's trying to be hospitable. But if you're on schedule and you're focused, like most mm. people in New York, say New York, New York minute is a real thing. Mm. You know, it's like you any like your one minute, you can throw your whole day off. Mm. You know, so mm. that you don't got time to entertain. That's that an interesting
1: perspective. I still think. I still think for me it. It helped me at least take some of the edge off, okay because I, I think sometimes if you're from New York like it can come off so edgy yeah, and it's, it's just like, like, like oh, you're just rude as hell yeah. but to that point to what you just said that does make a lot of sense and I can't hundred percent agree with that because yeah. there are still people who are super pleasant in that split second of meeting them and then they're still on their way and those are the people that at this time, I admire and study yeah. because it's the science. It it takes yeah, cause a very... Yeah, it's a special
0: way. You got to move that way. You got to learn how to move that way. I think it's something that everybody is always trying to figure out. I don't think anyone does it all the time, every time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like a habit that a lot of successful people maybe develop. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. Yeah. I don't What do I know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, questions, because I saw the piece that you released last night in regards to... Um, it was about a few different things. It was yeah. about Martin Luther King. It was also about um, religions part in, or churches part in political.
0: Progressive spaces. Right, progressive spaces. Yeah.
1: So my thing with you, because it was an interesting take in regards of how you, you know, you identify as a Christian woman in this space. That um, was But at the same time, you were making the point of how it's important for churches to open themselves up to more topics if they want to be as inclusive and uh, and have the what they claim or what they want to be the more positive effect on people and in the space just in general yeah. and i think that's one of the things with politics for america to be as church driven or religious driven of a country it's always been on the on the exact other side of it, the just the most judgmental, just taking control of how women use their bodies, all of that. So I'm wondering, in regards of you being a Christian woman in this space, did the political aspect change how you viewed your Christian experience? Mm-hmm. Or did your Christian experience change how you viewed the political side?
0: I'm a Christian first. Okay. God comes first. So the latter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard not to be tested in your faith in the progressive space because most people in the progressive space are atheists mm-hmm. or just not believers in general because a lot of our opposition are white evangelical Christians who preach this message that is not, in my opinion, accurate um, at an accurate depiction of what Christianity is supposed to be, mm-hmm. um, but because that is the dominating force behind Christianity, is like this this white evangelical movement. Um, it's often like you know the the soul of Christianity is usually hidden in the shadow of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel very privileged actually to be able to have a light in a space. But being a Christian helps me inform my work because it helps me to be kinder. More compassionate, yeah. less judgmental, humble, uh, reliant on God always. Because government will never work on my behalf the way God will work on my behalf. You know, like and it allow, it helped me to be a, a better light, a better, a better activist. It empowered my faith empowers me to be a better activist because I can operate from a space of love and acceptance and that's honestly all people want whether you're a Republican or Democrat white, black, Nazi or Black Lives Matter people just want to feel loved and accepted Right at the end of the day and if you lead with that you can go so much further than leading with anything else mm-hmm. so to answer your question that is by far probably my faith is always constantly informing my worth because god is using me i am a vessel in this space i am not here for myself i'm not here for anyone else i'm here to like serve and to be of service and that's like and i sometimes it's easy to get tripped up in your ego especially when you have so much access to power and information um so it's hard to balance that sometimes um But it humbles me. God always humbles me in a way that keeps me grounded. My faith keeps me grounded. Because sometimes you get in the political space and you get those relationships and you get those connections. You can literally have access to whatever. Um, And that can be pretty dangerous for people who are not rooted in something like that has substance. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful to be able to have substance and contribute light into a space that has no light. Um, So yeah.
1: So with that being said, in regards of to the conversation again you was having on there was just like how do we move forward in creating a better space?
0: I think it's just going to require a sense of boldness Mm -hmm. and a a sense of humility. Mm -hmm. We all would have to humble ourselves to be able to hear each other. Right. Like I would have to be able to hear you. Right. Right. And like you would have to be able to hear me. And we would have to really Take away all the barriers that would exist between that and really just see each other as human beings, you know, that have life experiences that shape their perspectives to get them to be and think the where they are. Mm -hmm. Because no one grows up deciding who they're going to become in the beginning. When you're a child and you're in adolescence, you're not making, you're not consciously making decisions. You're just living. And then when you become an adult, that's when you start making more choices out of like discipline and like intent and like purpose. Because that's like you got to pay bills and you got to get a job, got to figure things out. So you go from this transition of like, you know, being like a child to becoming an adult. And I feel like if when we become an adult, life kind of ruins the innocence and the purity of like life and being able to like. I don't know, children just have this way of just being so innocent and like open and happy all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like if we as adults allowed ourselves the space to be more childlike in the sense of being free and like open minded and like not judgmental, that would probably be a a, a start, you know? Because it would would take, when you become an adult, you have all those life experiences that from up until that time you got there that shape your perspective. If we go back and we erase all that and we just start fresh, I think that some productive conversations and, um, and opportunities can be presented because it's a clean slate.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, there's there's something that happened in my life that made me as rooted in my faith as I am. Mm-hmm. There's something that happened in, in your life that made you as rooted in your beliefs as you are. Right. You know what I'm saying? We all have things that shape us, but we don't have to denounce those things. We can just put them aside for a second so that we can be an ally to mm-hmm. someone who may disagree with us about something. Um, because I think one of the issues about What's happening right now is that everything is so polarized and you can't be moderate about anything. You have to be either all the way on the left or all the way on the right or there's no space for you. And I think that that in some ways that's, you know, necessary, right? And certain things we just have to stop compromising on, right? But on other things, it's like, people should still be allowed to have a sense of individualism. And I feel like we have this toxic you know, culture that we are creating in society where you can't be an individual anymore. You have to agree with everyone, and everyone has to agree with you. And if that isn't not the case, it's chaos. And it's polarizing, and it's Democrats versus Republicans, it's Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton, and it's this ugly mess that no one ever really wants to deal with. So that's kind of where I am with that. Um, Yeah, I just wish that people were more bold and more humble, you know? Because I think the wiser you are, the more you realize you know nothing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that requires a sense of humility that a lot of people just probably don't have. Right. So.
1: So what was the first time you experienced that in the political space? What What was your first run or just working with anyone that was like, oh, like... I'm experiencing this challenge or observing someone interact with this, um, someone who disagrees, you know what I mean? Or just yeah. just an extreme experience that was like, oh, wow, like, I'm really doing this, but it's also, like, give you an opportunity to study and see what's the right way to deal with it or what's the wrong way to deal with it. I
0: think one of the first things was uh, working on the Bernie Sanders campaign. I learned a lot on that campaign. Mm-hmm. I traveled to, like, you know, seven or eight, Ten, I don't know, states um, campaigning for him in the primary and uh, you meet different people from all kind of walks of life and backgrounds, different parts of the country, different historical contexts and you know, cultural contexts so I quickly learned that in organizing and advocating for votes for him um, that everyone's different Um, and just because someone's Democrat doesn't mean that they're going to be allied with you in a way um, that you'd like for them to be. um, Or just because someone's Republican doesn't mean that they're against you. Right. Um, So that, I learned that on that campaign. Um, But I think, more importantly, I learned about, like, people on that campaign because I met so many people at the bottom and at the top. And one thing that everyone had in common is that, um, but that I didn't, that was, you know, new for me to understand, is that everyone was curious Mm -hmm. everyone had a sense of curiosity right you know and for me that meant that i had an opportunity to 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 move them Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: and engage them and and plant a seed you know Mm -hmm. that curiosity was an opportunity for me to plant a seed um so i learned that on that campaign um and in that moment i learned that a lot At, at that time i was um 22 so um I wasn't as mature enough. I wasn't very mature in my own self to know where I stood and what my curiosity was and like what my senses were. So that was a pretty interesting uh, contrast for me to be in a space of self-discovery and be amongst so many people who had already found their way was really intimidating but also quite interesting.
1: Was there anything along that journey that was shocking in regards of you getting perspective into someone else's experience of life in the country was like wow like people really out here believe this or people are really misinformed was there any experience that was like we really need to be taught what's going on oh for
0: for (laughs) okay yeah yes I'm a very passionate person I care about issues I care about people I care about community um so I walked into rooms thinking everybody thought the same way that I thought. Mm-hmm. And that was so wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would go into communities just asking people, are you going to go vote? And they're like, what What am I voting for? Mm-hmm. You know, and it wouldn't just be the presidential. It would be like mayoral campaigns and congressional campaigns that were overlapping and Senate campaigns that were overlapping and legislative, state legislative campaigns and, and local campaigns that were, weren't overlapping. I'm like, yo, like your life is on the ballot. Do you mm-hmm. realize you are, a, you are a black person living in Baltimore, Maryland? Your freedom is on the ballot, mm-hmm. you know? Why don't you know that there's an election? Right. And why don't you care <laughs> that there's an election, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that for me was just like, as a culture, I realized that we are so disconnected from the space and we're so disconnected from power and leverage an opportunity. I realized that on the campaign trail, because ev- almost you got your, you got your, you know, you got a little bit of everybody, you know, you got a little bit of everybody. But for the most part, I organized in like, you know, predominantly black areas, poor areas. And a lot of those folks that I came in touch with, they had too much real shit going on. They were too busy surviving that they didn't have the luxury of being informed.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so then it created this passion in me to want to develop a way in a space within the culture to inform us because it wasn't that the information wasn't there it wasn't that we were not the target audience so no one was catering to our demographic no one is catering to the black community to inform them and, and 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 give them information and skills and resources to really make them feel empowered in the political space Mm -hmm. you got amazing organizations like the collective pack that is building black political power on the electoral front but on the cultural front the societal entertainment front there's not much happening there no one knows anything Mm -hmm. literally no one knows anything and that for me is a problem so i began to share everything on my instagram on my on my facebook every on my snapchat at the time every day every minute of my day hey guys this is what this means Mm -hmm. this is what this is and I just passionately begin to share because I realized that I was lucky to be in the room that Mm -hmm. the room I was not invited that I was assigned and it was my responsibility I took on that responsibility of wanting to articulate information back to my community and report back to my community what was going on in a way that made them feel you know empowered with information and also helped them to digest it you know, because a lot of times it's like I don't know what the fuck that means. Right. I mean, what the fuck is Congress? Right. What is a, what is a representative? So I want to. I'm finding creative ways in language to use to educate and mm-hmm. inform. Um, so that was like a pivotal moment for me, honestly, because that's when I found like my my juice. You know, I mm-hmm. didn't know it then. You know, I didn't know it at all. But like that was my magic. My magic is 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 talking about things and 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 helping people understand things in a way that you know. Just not being explained right now, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah,
1: yeah. And to to that point, that's something we were talking about the other day when we were on the phone. That's one of the things that once I was put on to you and started getting into like your Instagram stories and just receiving that information, it was like, okay, this is to what to your point it was being expressed in a way that I could understand it because you grow up and you do it, you do hear about the three different branches and all this other stuff, but. As you continue to grow and everything becomes so demonized, not for no reason, right. but you start to not care about it and you bury it away. Yeah,
0: because it's no longer relevant to your experience, right? Especially as a black person or a marginalized person in this world, that is the least of your concerns, right? It's right. Like with the breaking news, you are the breaking news, right? Because it's likely someone that is in your family or community that that is on the at the forefront and that is being directly impacted by these issues. So you're too busy trying to get above water; you mm-hmm. can't even see. Mm-hmm. And that's usually the case. Yeah, but we can do it through our music. We can do it through the content that we create. We can do it through the conversations we're having at Thanksgiving and dinner. We can do it through the way that the books that we're giving our children. You know, there are ways to do it in a way that doesn't have to feel like you have to go get a college degree to be a part of these conversations. One hundred percent. You know, one hundred
1: percent. And I think to to that point, that was what I was thinking because you do it for so long. And You become so detached from it, and now that everything because of what's going on is being pushed more to the forefront, right. it's almost like you're scared because you don't, you don't know anything. Yeah, and it's then you emerge yourself in CNN and Fox, and you're at such the surface level of it. I don't even, I still don't understand how it got it's here.
0: Overwhelming, yeah, it's 100%. like, how did we even, how did 100%. Donald Trump even win? Yeah, what is the electoral college, and why does it even exist? Right, didn't right. Hillary Clinton? get more votes. I'm never voting again. Right, this is right, stupid. Yep. <laughs> How did Stacey Abrams lose the election? You know, like these are the questions that the people deserve to know. Mm-hmm. And these stories and this content needs to be created. Yeah. You know, um because like to your point, our people are drowning. And we are we're not drowning, we're dying we maternal mortality. Black women are dying three times higher than white women are dying during childbirth. You got we're being thrown in jails. We're being deported back to countries that we don't are not that are we have no home ties to. Mm-hmm. You know we're being denied food stamps and and government assistance. You know we're lacking transit and economic access and opportunity. And college education is becoming more and more increasingly unaffordable. So, and I, the list goes on, you know, but it's like, we're we're drowning. And like, unless we get something going, unless a culture, like a moment it happens, we're gonna, we're going to drown, right? you know, as a culture. But there is, no one is provoking these conversations. We should all be demanding a seat at the table, even with our enemies, because we need to, we need to be right here with our enemies so we can know what the fuck they're doing. You know, like if we, are not talking to our enemies how are we gonna there's no even in war you send spies to inform to make to better inform your work Mm -hmm. and it's like there's a way to do it that's balanced dr king did it very well that does not isolate anyone you know dr king didn't isolate white people if white folks wanted to join his marches republicans wanted to join his march democrats whoever wanted to join his marches they could join it wasn't like it wasn't like a you can't sit with us kind of vibe, and I feel like as a culture we had this you can't sit with us kind of vibe going on right now because we're so like buried in the survival tactics of it all mm-hmm. that anything that's like not related to the grind, this is the the survival, the whatever, the gram, the flex of it all, it's just not interesting. Mm. So I know that's that's a mouthful.
1: No, but I hear you.
0: That's just kind of where I am with it. And I think we just need to be pushing that envelope. We need to be, stop being afraid to push the envelope. Stop being afraid to look stupid and ask a stupid question. no such thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, stop being afraid to, you know, switch up our priorities. Go to the town hall meeting. Right. Pick up the phone and call your legislator. And educate yourself. Because it's honestly no one's responsibility to educate anyone. You are empowered to educate yourself. But we're not inspired or motivated to do these things because we don't know how it can serve us. So then that creates the... Goes back to my first point of like no one is leading the effort. You know, our my mom had champions, taught in the community leaders investing in their community, taking care. But right now, when I look around and I go to these different communities across the country, there were there were I didn't find many. You know, so we're so quick to call somebody's children badass child. Back in the day, I felt like somebody would take someone else's child and help raise that child, and versus saying such and such nappy head little girl I need to get her attitude get, you know yeah. together you're know, like i feel like you know our generation ahead of us would have said come here baby let me talk to you for a second what's going on you know and it's like our, our priorities are pretty fucked up right now
1: mm. in between your time working with bernie sanders to your time working with stacy
0: complete difference
1: okay and what was that
0: because stacy's black Mm-hmm. Because and 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 she's not just black. She happens to be black. She's excellent. Let's just let me say that over. Okay. I'm gonna let me redo that. Stacey is excellent. Mm-hmm. Okay. She just so happens to be black.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: She is magical. I think partially because of the culture that she was brought up in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was different because Stacey's a, a leader. You know, not no shade to Bernie, but she. Had experienced, she could identify with experiencing margin, marginalization. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had successfully navigated that. So people saw themselves in her. I saw myself in her. So it was a complete different environment just in the beginning because you are in alignment with your people, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's working in a space that is opposite of that. It just, it's always going to be different because I can't go to these doors and ask these. It's different going to, you know, Chicago, for example, Southside Chicago. It's different going down to Southside Chicago and knocking on a door of someone and asking them to vote for Bernie Sanders and then going down to the West End of Atlanta and asking for someone to vote for Stacey Abrams. That's. (laughs) <laughs> like, what? Yeah, <laughs> You know, you got a lot more work to do when you're mm-hmm. working on the behalf of Bernie Sanders. You got to prove he's a white man at the end of the day. We got some trust issues with your kind. You mm-hmm. know, what have you done for me and why? I just heard about you. I know about Hillary's for forever. Why should I vote for you? That was like the conversations that I was having when I was on the campaign trail at that time. Right. So... But Stacey, it was like, they didn't even need to know anything about her. She was a sister. She was from, you know, the South. She was about that life. But then when they did learn about her, it was like, if I'm going to vote for anybody, I'm definitely going to vote, gonna for, vote yeah. for Stacey. Yeah. So, you know, that's that was a shift. And I think that the the, the thing that needs to be noted in that is that representation matters.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we have to be able to see ourselves in spaces in order to feel attached to these spaces, you know, um, and to be invested in in these spaces. Um, and when that doesn't happen, there's, there's that, that, that disconnect is mm-hmm. created.
1: Yeah. Do you think there was did you see any difference in the people's level of being informed between the time in the two spaces?
0: Yes, because you had a heightened society. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a heightened news out, you know, uh, what is the what I'm looking for? A heightened news cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, everything was so it's so ridiculous these days. It's like every time I look at my phone and i CNN an update comes on like that's happening. What? What? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, people at the time when Stacey was running, people genuinely did want to resist Donald Trump and really wanted to find a savior. Mm. Who's going to save us from the Trump administration? So even beyond candidates of Stacey, like other dynamic candidates, all the hundreds of women across the country who ran for office and went in and went on to Congress and people who were elected locally—you know, this that happened as a reaction to what was happening in 2017, 2018 under the Trump administration. Um, in 2016, people were very comfortable because our president was black. You know, we felt like we didn't have to pay attention. Obama got it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and 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 then when that wasn't the case, it was like a sense of panic.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
0: then comes in Stacey Abrams. Then comes in Lucy Macbeth. Then comes in Ayanna Presley, and all these I, Kamala Harris. You know, she won and she won back in twenty sixteen. So like you have all these people who are gaining these platforms and and speaking and and being black mm-hmm. and, and being black on the ballot and being unapologetically progressive and, and and standing in their truth because they realized the contrast was necessary, you had they had to create a space that people could see themselves in, mm-hmm. and that's what Stacey did. That's what many people did during the election, and not just on the political side. That's what Jay Z did with 444. You know, what I'm saying that's what Beyonce did with Lemonade. Like it was like this form of expression. Like let me express and let help you to see my help you to see yourself in my pain, help you to see yourself in my life experiences and lessons, so that you can now become empowered. But the key there is exposure and like representation because um, then that leads to access and then access leads to success and then success leads to generational empowerment. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's kind of what we what we should be striving for.
1: Mm-hmm. So to to something you were saying in regards of. I was watching some interviews some with Cory Booker and some with Kamala. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions that everyone was interested in is, you know, what is your plan for the black community? Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of it, and this is something I've experienced as well, just observing the campaigns, it seems as like, and I don't know, from from your experience in working with the people and seeing how they feel about things, I'm not sure or I'm curious how much of, them being black had to do with people's choices to vote for them because i'll be honest ever since the announcement of their votes me personally i do feel like there has been a effort put forth for them to resonate with us as black people for everything outside of the political space. I started seeing a whole bunch of interviews about Breakfast you know what clubs, they're listening to weed. and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. that's important 100%. Yeah. But I know you're black. I can <laughs> see you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not that pressed about understanding if you go to the barbershop and you grew up. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't really care that much about it. I'm more concerned about what you're going to do for us. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like I said, I'm not sure that I've been getting... For me, it's felt like it's too much concerned about proving that part when that's not what I'm here for. So I'm not sure if from your time working in the field, if you've felt like in the field, in the in the space around people. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like has that has that well, been a it's determining still very factor? Early.
0: They're exploring. Mm-hmm. Everyone has launched an exploratory committee. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they are exploring the possibilities of potentially running for the for president of the United States. So they're seeing can I raise enough money? can I move enough people can I get enough votes you know can I build a team mm-hmm. you know they're thinking about these things and they're also building their narrative
1: mm-hmm. they're shaping
0: their narrative so in the beginning parts of the campaign one thing that is really important is you have to build your narrative you have to what is your, what is your stump speech who are you why are you someone that i should vote for and trust with my with my civil do like with to trust to serve me you mm-hmm. know you are what a campaign and a candidate is doing is a really, really, really long, hard and very expensive job interview. Mm-hmm. They're interviewing they are interviewing for a role to serve a community. The community on election day gets to decide whether or not they get the job. You know, so in an interview, one of the first questions that you're asked is, Who are you? Tell me about yourself. So that's really what these candidates are doing. They're just mm-hmm. telling us about themselves. And the reason why you're seeing these you know, cultural, black cultural, you know, stories is because they are black. So mm-hmm. that is truly their identity, you mm-hmm. know, and that's gonna be a very important part of their story. Now, it's not gonna be the only part of their story, but when you're doing a campaign, you can't give everybody too much at once because they're not gonna receive it. You have to build layers. You have to, it's it's consistent layering on all, on everything, on on comms, on finance, on field, on digital, and all, you're, you're constantly layering over your story over and over, telling it over and over and over again until it sticks and then people feel like you're their cousin you're their homie you're their best friend so that way people will be willing to vote donate volunteer for you but people have, in order for people to go out and do favors for you like volunteer or donate or vote for you they gotta feel like they know you they gotta feel like they can trust you so that's what you see a lot of the candidates doing right now is trying to rebuild that rapport of trust within not just the black community but the american population and the voting demographic in general um and that's that's So that provides some perspective as to why these conversations are being had this way. Because they're building, they're exploring, they're exploring messaging, they're testing messaging. What words work? Mm -hmm. When I send an email with these words, does that get more traffic and more responses than an email with these words? When I talk like this on an interview, what are the responses I'm getting versus when I talk like this? It's all planned it's not it's none of it is coincidence it is all very strategic and intentional and they're and they're really trying to develop a platform
1: mm-hmm.
0: and seem they can't even develop a platform some of them are not even going to make it that far some mm-hmm. of them will make it past the summer
1: so is there okay so here's one of my things in seeing how everything's progressed at, in with having social media mm-hmm. it seems like to your point i feel like maybe 30 years ago 40 years ago all of that wouldn't even necessarily need to be a discussion that's been had for someone like me who's just the everyday person. Right. So now it just seems like because we have access to so much, not only are we on the receiving end of the message, but we're involved in the analytics because we're all involved in analytics every day when it comes to Instagram and all this other stuff. Yeah. So I'm wondering if we need to be, whether it's retaught or just taught, how we need to experience this entire thing because like I say I can look at emails from even during Stacy's campaign you know what I mean we got I got so many emails you got a lot, right? and it was as I was looking at them or reading through them not only am I receiving the information but I'm like oh she's doing this now or she's doing this now you know what I mean so I'm not sure if that sort of ruins the experience or if it makes us Pay attention to too much of the wrong thing, or if we just don't know how to receive it yet. You know what I mean? I
0: think you have to filter it because campaigns and people, organizations, generally businesses, everyone sends emails. Mm-hmm. Comcast sends me a couple emails, unwanted, like a week. A week. I don't, mm-hmm. like, I don't care about what shows y'all got, right. specials y'all got. Right, everyone. says oversaturated information, like you said, mm-hmm. and we just have to become filtered. To filter it, filter through it, and like allow ourselves the time to process because right. there's so much information, it's like no time to process it. It's like one minute it's this, the next minute it's that. And we never have a chance to see, like, how do I feel about this? How does this sit with me? Right. So I think creating a space to think and think critically is important. Um, And because we live in such a fast-paced society now, everything's at our fingertips. We don't have patience.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So I think maybe exercising patience with yourself to give yourself time to process. And then, like, you know being just a critical thinker, when you are reading things, being just like, and you're getting the information, don't, t- don't take it at surface. Like do your research, you know, ask the hard questions, you know, and then hold people accountable, you know? Um, that's the best way I think, because it's hard, like we can't stop the news alerts, and we mm-hmm. can't stop the emails from coming, and right. like we don't wanna know, but you just have to have a different type of filter, and uh, I guess mindset, as you're processing information, you wanna think like, you know, how is this important to me? Right. And if it is important to me, why is it important to me? And if now that I understand why it's important to me, what does that mean now moving forward? How does that, does that change something or does it not change something? And sometimes people want, think, want to make everything a thing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and some things are just what it is. Right. You know, not everything has to be viral or popular, you know, it do not have to be all that. Some things can just be, you yeah. know and I think we get in this world where everything has to have a title a label a space and it's like damn like why can't things just be what they are you yeah. know um why can't some things just be like to be continued mm-hmm. why does everything have to be like explained in the moment like damn can we get a minute you know mm-hmm. to like make a decision or to reflect so that's kind of where I am with that I yeah. feel you on that though because there's a lot of overconsumption of information some of it is misinformation um and it's like what's up? You're trying to figure out what's what. But maybe like find like your trusted sources too. Mm-hmm. And like your trusted like activists on Twitter, your trusted like folks that you go to that you like look to for like direction in every space.
1: Who are some of your people?
0: I love the first person that come to mind is Miley Till. She is like a superhero to me. I love following her. She's constantly giving just well-rounded information content, whether it's financial literacy or like ways to be like a bold black woman and like un- unpack your trauma from life or how to start a business, how to be professional. She's one of my favorite. Brittany Packet. She's a Black Lives Matter activist um, who has grown to do many, many great things, um, and she, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of hers. She does a lot of commentary on her Twitter and Instagram um, on, like, what's happening in the news and the media, and she's always advocating for black voices in black communities, so I really appreciate her perspective. Um, Elaine Wilterworth, she is a former Teen Vogue editor-in-chief. Um, she just recently announced that she's launching a book this spring, and I'm very excited to read it, um, but she does many speaking engagements, and, like, her Instagram story is just a day in the life of being, like, a bold, audacious black woman. And it's also very inspiring. Um, Stacey Abrams clearly, with her her book um, House Minority Minority Leader, it's actually a workbook and a book at the same time, where you mm. can like read it and then like do exercises mm. to do the things that she did as she was navigating her career and her life. Mm. Um, she gives you the exercises that she did at that time in, in life, so you can kind of learn to think how she. That's thought. dope. Yeah. So her book is also really cool. So if you haven't read that, you guys should go check that out. But any really black woman that is out here killing it is an, is who I'm following and who I'm submitting to and, like, who I'm looking to for direction because, for me, I'm finally understanding that navigating life as a black woman is difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's it needs to be done with grace and, like, discreetness mm-hmm. And I'm learning those things. I'm trying right. to exercise that. So I'm looking for that right now. But maybe mm-hmm. in 10 years it'll be different.
1: Yeah. And honestly, as you were talking, I was just thinking about how... One of the things I do constantly have to remind myself as we're experiencing all of this stuff is just giving black people the benefit of the doubt in these experiences. You know what I mean? These white people have had hundreds of years to formulate and bring all of these things together to get a role going. And I feel like sometimes when we're dealing with black people in any space, whether it's clothing or whatever, we give them one shot and it's like, oh man, his business is trash. But it's like, you went to this white establishment, they treated you like they didn't want you there and, and you, you still go back. You know yeah. what I mean? So I that's one of the things where even with Kamala and Corey, it's like, okay, these are I'm not about to act like these aren't things that sort of make me feel like, eh, I don't know, but I am going to still tune in. I'm still going to follow and yeah. just make sure to give you that support. You look yeah. Bad.
0: I'm not I mean, I have not made any decisions on who I'll be supporting. Mm-hmm. I really, honestly have no idea. I honestly can't even think about it right now. It's just too much. Twenty twenty right. is just a headache right now for me. Yeah. But one thing I do not like is that Kamala, there's a lot of negative um, press and commentary around her race because mm-hmm. of her for past, her for, her former past as a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. And there's just other questionable things that come along whenever you're a black woman trying to do something. People just automatically want to, you know, disqualify you or talk, talk down, talk your talk your accomplishments down. Right. And I don't, I definitely have a lot of criticism for Kamala and the choices and the things that she's done throughout her career. I do not agree with her on all the things. So I want to ha- hear her out. I want to know. I, wa- I have some questions for her. But I'm not going to be like Kamala is doing too much for running and she shouldn't run or whatever. And there's a lot of people saying that right now. And I just really don't like that because you never want to shit on a black woman. Since when is that okay? Right. Like we are. We created the fucking humanity that is in the earth right now. Mm-hmm. The audacity of you to disrespect me is beyond me. You know, mm-hmm. so Kamala is a black woman. She, by default, gets divine respect just simply by being a woman of color. Right. You know, So to see other women of color, other people of color, just other people in general, trying to destigmatize, like try to stigmatize her with negative connotations, regardless of how true they may or may not be, it's just like, yo, what are we doing? So to your point, we do have to allow people grace because I made many mistakes in the early in my career, and I'm still... Re- Pretty early in my career, so like I'm gonna make a lot of mistakes, and mm-hmm. I would hate for like 30 years after I learn from those mistakes and overcome all those challenges, I'm finally at a place of where I can do something and be valuable. And now people are trying to tear me down from my past, but that was a part of my process. I would those decisions were needed to happen in order for me to be
1: right here, where I am now. Yeah. Where I
0: am now. So we just have to also think about that as we're talking about candidates and looking at people's histories. Like that is what got them to where they are. They had to make those mistakes and have those failures so that then now they can be in a position to where they know better. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Now they'll do better. Or at least we hope. And that's what the campaign cycle will reveal to us.
1: Mm. So where do you feel like you fall in this space now after dealing with the (sighs) Bernie campaign and the Stacey campaign campaign? And just where you are in life, because you're still just learning, and it's very open for all of us to experience. You know what I mean? Like I see your Instagram stories, just like the other how many thousand people that follow you, right? Yeah, but it's no, but it's real though. (laughs) But it's it's real in regards of how it's a real experience for a lot of people, Mm. and that's I feel like you can get so caught up in whatever the job responsibility is that you don't think of the mind's part in. Sustaining you as a person and that in the same space. You know what I mean? Your mind and your job, like they both are in that one thing. You know what I mean? For sure. So I'm not, so I was just curious, like, where do you feel like you're fitting in now and how are you trying to navigate how you can better assist us? Because you are one of the people that I would suggest, oh, follow Young Claudio, you know what I mean? And just see what's going on. So you're crazy. But, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) you are crazy. (laughs) And uh, But in all seriousness, it's just like, where does that fall on you? You know what I mean?
0: I am recently deciding to step into my truth of being a storyteller mm-hmm. and telling the story and owning the narrative and, and reclaiming the narrative. I am committing myself, moving forward to advancing the culture and reshaping and reclaiming narratives.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and And I don't want to do anything that's not doing that. And that, for me, looks like social justice work. That looks like standing and supporting people who are will, who are also committed to that same purpose. That looks like me creating good quality content that gives people information and gives people power. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I just want to create at this point. I think for me, working in the political space is fun and has been very beneficial. And it's not that I ever want to leave. I don't ever want to go anywhere. I want to be all up in the political space. But I want to be in the political space in a way that allows me to serve my community. And as a black woman, that's really, really, really difficult to do because a lot of wh- progressive organizations are led by white people who just don't get it. Mm. You know, they may be well intended, but they just, you just don't get it so you are constantly having to like explain and like advocate and like it's it's just like that's not the space it's going to happen and we have to create our own space right. to educate and inform and empower ourselves and we can work an allied ship with our partners and, and progressive partners and things like that but ultimately we are the only ones who are ever going to understand our experiences in this world so Now that that has become my reality, I now am going to try my best to lean in with as much courage as I can to believe in myself, to be someone who can contribute information to my community and report back to my community ways that we can be. Um, empowered and when I say my community I don't want people who are not black and not female to be excluded from that because I want people to know like my work is not just for black people like my work is for all people it's inclusive for sure it's inclusive like I don't want to you know exile anyone out so when I say culture and I say people it's like everybody with a heart a beating heart in the world even if you disagree with me and even if you don't like me I'm fighting for you too right and that's what I want to do more of. That's where I see myself in this space. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully I don't, you know, go hungry and, get a, you know, lose all my beautiful comfort that I built for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm committed to that work, 100%. Mm-hmm.
1: So to that point, I was just thinking the other day, in regards of what you were talking about on your on your stories. Your stories is like a show. but oh, like, thank you. <laughs> it's hilarious. But um, in regards to... I remember you saying how you were dealing with anxiety. Oh, my gosh. And how that, that was a really, really, really tough week.
0: I didn't even know anxiety was a thing. Mm-hmm. I thought I was, like, a made-up mental illness. I mm-hmm. didn't even know what anxiety where.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't want to cut you off, but no. my goodness.
1: No, because when you said it, I'm, I'm so, I've never experienced an anxiety attack ever. So it's just one of those things where, not that I didn't believe it, but I was having a hard time trying to fathom what it means to experience something like that and for crazy. you it was like from the outside looking in from the things that you've worked on I would assume that an anxiety attack may have come way earlier on <laughs> you know what I mean like for oh sure. in the middle of this Stacy campaign we're doing a runoff we're fighting it you know what I mean it, it seems like those would be things that apply so much pressure you know what I mean but that's just not how the mind works there could be so many other different triggers that cause that you know what I mean so I don't know, that just caught my attention. It was interesting just to see how that experience was. And now that you've come out of it, thankfully, I wasn't right. sure. Like, what what did you take from that? Like,
0: oh gosh, so much. I'll try to keep it short. The, the, uh, I realized that I had experienced anxiety before, mm-hmm. but I did not have the a privilege to stay there. Mm-hmm. I had experienced it though. Like, mm-hmm. I had been been very panicked and very anxious but it came it came out in other ways instead of me freaking out and being like oh, oh right. my gosh <laughs> I would make terrible choices I would mm. pick up toxic habits mm. um, and it would come out in a different way I would express mm. it in a different way anxiety is not this one like lo- losing your shit episode it, yeah. c- it's many different levels to it um, it's, la- it's uh, you know not sleeping well it's mm-hmm. you know fidgeting you know... Um, grinding your teeth and yeah, all grinding, of that type it's of all shit. all that kind of shit, yeah. yeah. So, like, I realized there were moments where I did, but there was a moment, in that particular point, it was just, I was extremely overwhelmed. Um, and I think because so often there is not much room for people like me to express myself, mm-hmm. I am... Constantly masking myself, mm-hmm. um, so that builds up a lot of pressure, and at some point, it pops, and then such as anxiety. Right, it's no thing. There's no one thing I think that could trigger it, though. For me, I, I had like different things I was navigating, but ultimately, for people who are just like listening and just curious, it's a, it's a, it's a. For me, I felt like it was more of like a a bottling up of things I never got to express because I, I, I couldn't you can't cry at work when someone's mean to you
2: mm-hmm. you
0: can't you know cry when you're walking down the street and someone calls you a nigger
2: mm-hmm. you
0: can't cry and hyperventilate at the club when a guy inappropriately grubs your booty mm-hmm. you know and these are my experiences are diverse and adverse so I spent an entire lifetime of just pushing the fuck through You know, and at some point, I just didn't have it in me anymore to push through. I had to feel that shit Mm -hmm. and like release it. And that is what my anxiety attack was about. It was a compilation of current and old and past situations that I had not had the opportunity to express Mm -hmm. and feel because I was surviving. Right. Um, So, what that feels like is like you literally, at least I felt extremely stuck. I felt very, I can't, that's the only word that I could think of, that, that could really, exp- I just could not, I couldn't pick up the phone, I couldn't answer the text, I couldn't look at the television, I just was stuck in my mind and, and it was just this like sunken place of like all the shit, you know? Um, And it was fucking weird because yeah. I am strong and I am resilient as fuck and I'm magical, so it's for that to be my situation, for me to be in that space, I felt so much anxiety alone just not being okay, because most of us don't have the luxury to not be okay, yeah. you know? We don't have the privilege of staying home for a couple of days yeah. and not going outside of the door. So for me to like, being, I felt the pressure of life, like bitch, you better get your shit together, <laughs> <laughs> you got bills right. due, you got shit to do, but, I had to find some space to allow myself the grace to just to 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 get through it, you know, mm. and like, and to focus on my healing. And I think that like as as people, we have to focus on our healing. We cannot run from our healing, you know, because you'll get there. You'll have that moment where you think you're you're handling, you think you got it all figured out, you think I'm strong, I've overcome all the things in life, and then one day you literally you just wake up. And you're like, fuck. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's going to happen several times. So to eliminate that, it's not, it's not like you can never, never, never have that. It's going to happen. Just, just what it is. But you can limit how many times you get there mm-hmm. by creating space for healing. So for me, moving forward, to stop myself from getting in a space of extreme anxiety, I'm creating moments of healing, practicing, my, practicing healing on a daily basis.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that is what's helping me to, like, get the, get my shit back together. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> Lord knows. <laughs> Only God was there.
1: And that includes, like, meditation. Like, what does that look like for you as I far as working me, in daily? I think for me it looks
0: like therapy. Mm-hmm. So I've been in therapy. I'm just going to make sure I keep going.
1: Mm-hmm. I,
0: had, I had stopped being consistent with my therapy around the time that I had felt so much anxiety. I think that was a part of the contrib- that contributed to it a lot because I had mm-hmm. lost my space of processing. Right. Um, and then also, uh, for me, prayer and like my faith like really spending more time with my creator and like and in, 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 in my in my faith like just spending more time in my spiritual realm so I think for people who don't have faith just whatever is your thing like whatever your vibe your energy is your source spend more time there mm-hmm. you know than anywhere else unplug and go to your source charge up a little bit and then I think that also looks like taking care of myself oh my gosh taking care of myself by demanding more by by Requiring more of myself, and making it less about how other people treat me, and more about how I treat myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That is real. That's the that's real healing. Is it stop being? It's like when you stop becoming the victim of how people are and what people have done to you and what people have said to you. You stop becoming a victim to that, and you now prioritize how am I treating and loving myself. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, am I waking up on time every day to get to work on time? Am I eating enough a day? Am I keeping up with my hygiene? Are my teeth clean? When's the last time I've been to the dentist? What is how much money yeah, do I have in my 100%. savings account? You know, and you start thinking, yo, like I'm disrespecting myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know? So I yeah. you know, but that's healing, yeah, you know? But like sometimes you get so comfortable playing the victim sometimes because life is just fucking fucking hard you know it's so easy to become a victim especially as a black person especially as a marginalized person so Uh you just that's my advice it's just to like create the space to heal create the space to like pivot a bit
1: yeah it's funny you say that because that's one of those things where it's for a long time and i always say this it's so hard sometimes to have these conversations because I feel like with social media, everything is always on such a – it's in front of everybody, Mm -hmm. and it's like family business. So it's like we Mm -hmm. have to talk about family business amongst black people in front of all these other races. And on one hand, you're like, yo, I understand why you feel this way. I understand why it's hard. It is really hard, but you have to get over it. And sometimes it's just like, I don't want these white people to see me telling you, you got to get over it. And then they follow up like, yeah, y'all should just get over it. It's like, yo, like – This isn't for you to say. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like for us, we have to get to a point where it's like, yo, it's justified. But you have to push through it and find a way. You have to navigate it. You got to navigate.
0: You got to be a hustler. You can't wait for nothing. Yeah. What you waiting for? (laughs) Death? That's the only thing any of us should ever be waiting for is our time to go home. Mm -hmm. Anything else is like, what you waiting for? You Mm -hmm. know, like, and I just think we have to develop like a sense of uh, hustle. Mm-hmm. You know, as a culture, it's just like, why are we not hustling more? You know, and yes, we need to hold these white people accountable, or just these people. Mm-hmm. We need to hold. In general. Our, yeah. We need to hold our oppressors accountable to do better. But you can do that and still win. Yeah. You can do that and still overcome, and still be an advocate, and still hold people accountable, and still speak truth to power while still owning your shit and taking care of your shit. You don't have to say, you know, woe is me. Right. No, and I think. We have to stop creating the "woe is me" mindset. Like, no, woe is not. You are you are empowered. You are mm-hmm. living, thinking, intelligent. I tell my little brother this all the time. My little brother is one of my favorite people. I tell him this all the time, and he's eighteen. and He's he's a young black man. And he's figuring out who he is, so he's he's doubting himself a lot because mm-hmm. he's coming into the terms of. I don't really know much about myself Mm -hmm. and I don't really know what I'm capable of doing because I haven't been exposed to many people that look like me doing many things. Right. So he's trying to figure out what can I actually do well? And he's struggling with it. So whenever we talk about it, I'm like, dude, like you can literally do anything. You can literally become the next president of the like fortune 500 company. You become the next president of the world of the USA. You know, you can do whatever you want because you are healthy you are a thinker, you have a brain that works, you have eyes that see, you have a nose that smells. You are, you are living, you have a breath in your body and nothing no one else is doing or saying should ever dictate what you do and say mm-hmm. about you. And I'm constantly driving that narrative to him. like You do not have to be your fears, you can be whatever. And that's something I think as a culture we have to begin to tell ourselves is like we don't have to be afraid to be in the boardroom. Or to be in the, at the table. We got to leave that, you know, fuck that, you mm-hmm. know, and start pursuing with audacity. I talked about some of my stories the other day, actually, how white men have so much audacity.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we lack audacity mm-hmm. because we, we're scared. Mm-hmm. And I just wish that we would get real bold, bold yeah. on these motherfuckers and just really interrupt disrupt and like create some shit you know and like make people mad like they think they mad they're not even they have, <laughs> they have no idea yeah. because at the end of the day they know that we can win mm-hmm. and they know that we will win right and they're mad about that which is why all these oppressive tactics are being used 100% so we got to see past the bullshit these tactics that are being used is just bs and distractions from stopping us from fully believing in ourselves and Mm -hmm. believing in each other because it's one thing to believe in yourself it's a whole nother conversation for believing in each other Mm -hmm. you made a comment earlier about the fact how we you know black-owned businesses shading black-owned businesses and stuff how about the next time you get a bad service on black-owned business you sit down with them for coffee and help them grow Mm -hmm. my brother you were late (laughs) how can i help you be on time i was late today what can we do erica to get you more punctual how Mm -hmm. can we get you there we need you to get there you know Mm p there was a guy on a project i was working on photographer came to the project two hours late Jesus. Had the audacity Didn't want to charge The same invoice No 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 <laughs> No I'm oh, reclaiming man. my time I'm reclaiming <laughs> my time But no And you know And, and everyone was judging mm-hmm. You know And like That's why I don't do black folks I don't know Yeah that and bullshit And I was like Nah that's not where it's at It's about yo I'm going to pick you up on my way here next time so we can mm-hmm. cut here on time together. I'm going to yeah. hold you accountable. You're going to hold me up. I'm going to hold you up. And I feel like sometimes we don't, we don't do that.
1: Mm-mm. We don't
0: do that enough.
1: To that point, and th- and this is one of the things that I feel like is, is sometimes unseen and difficult in this space because at the same time, and this is just one of the things that I look at in regards of how we're just progressing just as black people. Because on one hand, it's like, okay, a lot of stuff gets blamed on white people, 100%. And like I said, justifiable. Yep. It's 100% justifiable. However, I think it it has to get to a point where while we had at the very same time while we have a conversation about working together with black people to help them improve, it gets to a point where you have to understand like some black people are on fuck shit. Period. Like there is no desire to change. That's there true. is no inside No desire to integrate. There is no desire to work together. They, they're separate in their thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's. I think it makes it difficult because it's like at the same time you can't. It's like if you have. It's like if a, if a mother or something has a husband or a brother who's abusive, like or 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 uh, is a pedophile or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I can't love you so much that I'm going to allow you to stay in my house and run the risk of you touching one of my children or abusing you, you know that. what I mean so it's like yeah. sometimes it's like yo I sometimes just gotta it, cut it this off that. it's not even it's but not even worth if it if it's
0: gonna cut off then leave the negative at the door cut but, it off but that's
1: but I think also that's a way of it because it still has to be addressed to a certain extent yeah. it has to be addressed so so everyone understands this is why I, I wish I could have a sit down in a conversation but it
0: they not my person
1: that, that, that's just not able to happen that person's just not open enough and I, I think Go ahead,
0: no, you finish
1: no i i I just think I just think it's it's one of those things where you just come to an understanding, and it's like I think, like I said, black people working together is an area that for sure needs to be improved in for sure, but looking forward twenty thirty forty fifty a hundred years when I hope black people catch up are in it are and are in just as many positions of power as white people. Yeah, it's going to get to a point where we look at everyone and it's like, yo, there's evil black people just like there's evil white people. Like yeah. you have to protect there's yourself just people against just really people. A hundred percent. People
0: out there just really ain't shit. They got the devil in them. A hundred percent. They out here doing the devil's work, and they 100%. need to go straight <laughs> to hell. hundred percent. And that is that, right? And some of them look white. Some of them look black. Some of them 100%. look purple. Some of them look blue. A hundred percent. But they are.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that the only way that you find out whether or not they're gonna be shit or not is if you make the effort in the first. place. hundred uh,
1: percent. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. i a hundred percent agree. But
0: then once you know then you can't, you know, you can't be out here trying to turn atheists into believers if they're content right. with being that's in their lane. Energy. Yeah, it's wasted oh, 100%. energy. At that point, you just begin to embrace your brother mm-hmm. and see your differences as something that is just simply different and nothing that is negative because a lot of the times we're thinking like if someone's different from us, it's a negative thing.
1: Sometimes it is though.
0: Sometimes it is though, but most times it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, most times it's a difference of opinion. Yeah, I feel
1: like sometimes it's just a matter of the intensity towards the...
0: Or the intent behind yeah, the yeah. the belief system. Like, you know, yeah. why do you feel this way You yeah. know. And we, you know, but some people are just bad people. I'm a pretty optimistic person, clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, For so sure. I'm just like, everyone's great. We can do this. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Um, but
1: and that, and yeah. that's the side of I think that's one of the things it goes back to, because in life, sometimes you have to make those hard decisions. And yeah. you and I think if you're not one of those people, you at least have to have someone in your circle who's able to be like, you know what? Nah, like. They have to be left. Yeah. But like we have to you gotta because move Because at the same yeah. time, us having you being as optimistic as you are will get us through a lot of moments <sighs> for sure. But sometimes you gotta have the presence, like, yo, Chill. this just not gonna work. Like right. let's put that energy somewhere else and let's we'll be better for it. You yeah. know what I mean? And I feel yeah. like a lot a lot of times it's people who don't, especially black people, we're so used to N- nurturing and, in, and, nurturing and including Save. and trying our best to our death Ugh. to figure it out. And it's like how many people oh. have been abused or dealt with so much stuff because you tried to force something in and that, that shouldn't with have been there yeah I
0: think as a I think as a community we need to enforce more boundaries
1: yeah 100 100
0: know what I didn't even know you could have personal boundaries until I started therapy mm. but yeah
1: explain should, go into that
0: huh?
1: personal what does that look like just I need, mean you you explain that. it
0: it's just you know I don't know like personal boundaries like what is what are my triggers what upsets me and Mm -hmm. how do i protect that energy you know like Mm -hmm. what what makes me happy and how do i do more of that and invite more of that and like how do i make sure that i'm not being taken advantage of Mm -hmm. and that i am respecting myself Mm -hmm. you know and that looks different for everybody yeah you know but i didn't know that was an option honestly i thought i had to make myself available to everybody
1: that's crazy yeah
0: i didn't know no one taught me boundaries Mm. no one taught me boundaries and i didn't and i just and as a culture i think you know we are pretty fluid as a culture so we don't really have any boundaries either mm-hmm. you know um but are not also as organized as we should be as a culture at this point like mm-hmm. we were and then we stopped being organized i just mm-hmm. wish we can just like bring back Huey newton and like do the black panther shit again because that was lit <laughs> you know like show up to motherfuckers courthouses with guns mm-hmm. and like stand on the court steps saying i wish you would you mm-hmm. know
1: Honestly, I think, and sometimes two things. One, I feel like when I think back to, I was watching an interview with Killer Mike and he was saying how even though things were segregated, that is one of the times where the black community was thriving the most because we We had a system we understood each other. And that's one of the things where I feel like possibly the reason why everything was so derailed is because we were pressed on including ourselves in things that, we weren't necessarily, well, it wasn't necessarily that we weren't wanted in. Mm-hmm. And just the feeling of not being wanted made us want to be involved. Absolutely. And I think us trying to get involved in that space just derailed all of our, That's why I said we got our sense priorities of organization. Up. Yeah, and I think it goes to that boundaries thing. It's like, I'm not just going to try to go over there just because I can't go there. Mm-hmm. If there's a store that has clothes that I don't even wear I'm going to go in there because it says no black people allowed. I don't even, I don't wear those clothes anyway. Like, right. I'm not going to try to go there just because y'all don't want me in here. Right. And like, I think that's one of those things that is just like, it's one of the steps as we continue to progress. Like it's Kanye Like
0: Kanye says, the good old gospel, we all self-conscious. I'm just the first to admit it. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, listen, can we just have a moment for the Negro gospel that is um, all falls down? Mm. and every word in that song because that truly is the black experience Mm -hmm. truly because we feel like we have to overcompensate for the lack Mm -hmm. and that part of integration is a part of that Mm -hmm. it's like I lacked all the access so now I want all the access Mm -hmm. I lacked all the equal opportunities so now I want all the equal opportunity Mm -hmm. and yes want those things pursue those things but don't Forget where you came from, and I think for, for as a culture we forget where we came from. We forget where we came from, and we just we lose sight <laughs> of the foundation. It just it just bothers me yeah. because it's like you know, and I can appreciate people like the Jay Zs who, who who try to get us back focused mm-hmm. on equity and wealth mm-hmm. and credit. Mm-hmm. You know what's better than going to trip club? Credit. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yo, when I heard that, <laughs> I was like, Oh, whoa. Okay. Yo, he yeah, touching. He, yeah, he, he preaching, preaching. 100%. You know, so it's like you can appreciate those like leaders in the mm-hmm. culture who like shift things and like refocus things, but like how many people fix their credit after he made that song? Probably not mm-hmm. many people. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, yeah, uh, you know, niggas out here okay with just right, Walmart right, debit cards. Right. You know right. <laughs> 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 getting yeah. prepaid phones, no, yeah. you know, no, yeah. you know, never you know, I haven't left the country. So I can't talk about not leaving the country, but not not traveling, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess all that comes in the sense of like really wanting to overcompensate for the materialistic things and not really grounding or rooting things in community.
1: No, for real, one hundred percent, one hundred percent.
0: Because we want, we want. If we want to have community, we got to stay in community. Yeah, we can't like abandon because it's not about assimilation as much as it is equal. Right, Human rights, like having just basic human rights, fundamental things that we deserve as Americans mm-hmm. and as people in this in this world, you can have that and still have a sense of community. You don't have to sacrifice community to have equal opportunity. You, We can have both. How do we get there? I don't know. I don't know. But mm-hmm. hopefully we just keep having these conversations and everyone keeps asking the questions and suggesting things. And one day we we'll get there. Yeah,
1: um, I think I think part of it is coming to terms with the fact that it's going to take time, and, and time is it's it's going to take a long time and
0: investment and resources. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, come on now. Like I used to go to after school programs. Did you go to after school programs? Mm-hmm. My little brother didn't do that. Mm-hmm. The the community is shrinking. There, there. We gotta like reinvest. Okay, we gotta. Yes, time, but also effort. Mm -hmm. You know, we gotta make this shit work, and right now it's not working. So we gotta get back to helping people raise the village, raising the children. Right? We gotta get into the single parent who you, if your neighbor is a single mom of three and you know she's working two jobs, bring her something. Yeah. Knock on her door. Do you need anything? Yeah. You want to watch the kids? You could just have a minute. You know. We don't do that anymore that that I can see. Mm-hmm. I got many issues. I got a lot of shit. I don't feel like I can talk to anybody about it mm-hmm. because we got into this culture of like, we just want to put on this front that we OK, that we good. Mm-hmm. This lacking of, 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 of vulnerability like it's a weakness, like it's a, a plague. So when I struggle, I struggle in silence because I don't know that there's a community out there that's willing to jump in and help me. But if more of us were to speak up about our struggles and more of us were to be honest with ourselves about what we need, you know, not even fuck the community as an individual, as an entity, what do you need as an entity to become the best version of yourself? And are we, are we even empowering ourselves before we even expect it from the community? Are we even practicing that individually? Are Mm. we practicing community as an individual? Like am I leaning into community and am I contributing to a community? What is the kind of energy I'm creating? Who is my community? Do I even have a community? Like these are the questions that we should be asking. Um, and I just think that many of us suffer in silence when we don't have to because we do have people out there that would step in and help, but we don't have that space to like, for us to see each other. You mm-hmm. even got, sometimes you don't even got to say it. You know when somebody's down and out. Yeah. But because we're so behind our phones mm-hmm. and we don't have any like interaction with each other anymore. We don't know.
1: Yeah, and and to that point, that's one of those things. I was having a conversation a couple weeks ago, and that's the problem that I have with everyone who... Not a problem as if, like, an intense issue, but that's one of the problems with the I don't want no negativity. You know what I mean? It's just like there's a lot of negative shit going on. There's a lot of fucked up shit going on that people need to express to get over it. So... It's almost like I feel like it goes back to the fact of everything needing to be so left or so right, and also the fact of people not having boundaries. It's almost like okay, y'all haven't had boundaries for so long that you don't understand how sometimes you do need to let the negativity in to resolve it. It's just the you've always let it in, creating
0: the space to heal. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, creating the space to heal. Yeah, creating the opportunity to express
1: mm-hmm.
0: without shame.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's like. It's like, and this is one of the things that Groove would always tell me. He'd be like, yo, like, if someone's calling you from a number you don't know. Pick up the phone. Pick up the phone, but at the same time, understand that you don't know what's on the other end of that phone. Mm. Like, you don't know what energy you're about to introduce. It's not like people can't hear a few words and it changed their whole day. Really, It's like, yo, if I'm in this space right now and I don't know if I can take, I'm about to do a, a, a talk. I can't hear that somebody died or whatever. This can wait. Leave a voicemail. You know what I mean? And then sometimes it's like, yo, I'll
2: call you back.
1: I'm with some shit. I'll pick up the phone randomly. Yeah. But it's making the conscious decision and not just be like, oh man, someone's calling me. I got to pick up. Yeah, 100%. And
0: that takes time. Coming aware of self takes time. Man, I remember last year sometime, I realized I was not who I thought I was. I Mm -hmm. thought, man, I thought I was. Listen. You couldn't tell me I when that bitch, okay? Mm-hmm. I grew up on Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I was Beyonce, <laughs> you know. Next, I was like Beyonce Generation Z, mm-hmm. okay. Like you couldn't tell me I was that bitch. But then when I started to face my truth and be like, and like really become more self aware, start going to therapy, start creating space to heal, start confronting my demons, ooh, I want. I was not that bitch, mm-hmm. okay? I was mm, I was basic as I was basic. I was broken. And I needed fixing. And that was really tough to like, you know, embrace, you know. But more importantly, that's what taught me I did need to practice boundaries. That that's why I felt so heavy. You Mm -hmm. know, I did need to create the space for healing. I did need to do these things. But and that moment creates that space of like what you're saying. But you gotta get there first. Mm -hmm. You gotta you cannot have that moment on your high horse mm-hmm. you gotta
1: yeah 100%. you gotta
0: not you gotta knock your shit down a yeah. couple of notches and then have that moment and then turn turn it back up again you gotta take that hiatus off of social media you gotta do it off of the gram for a second you know move in silence for a second and then be that come back to the bullshit so this is me trying to reach i'm trying to get back on my shit. i'm like really trying to reintroduce myself my name is hove type of vibes. I'm so lame. Right. Now you good. But I, feel I'm a, I feel it. I I understand what I'm saying like <laughs> I'm ready to I cuz because now I'm more self-aware. I want to mm. practice boundaries. Mm. I want to say I don't know I'm going to fuck what I used to do. This is what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. You like I want to enforce that now. Yeah. So yeah, and it feels
1: good too. Yeah, through through those lessons, it feels good too, and you see, and the people, the people who are supposed to be there will learn to respect it, and it will in turn inspire them to do the same. Yeah, and you can recognize it and be like, oh, this is you setting a boundary. It
0: becomes a contagious energy. That's
1: how you curate the better relationships. But I feel like we're we've not been doing it for so long. I feel like this this initial part of it is going to be rough because people are so used to just having access and it's like that's
0: why i appreciate intentional meaningful conversations like this one we're having now so shout out to you for doing this work shout out to the revolt family for doing the state of the union Mm -hmm. that they do the state of the culture i think it's called Mm -hmm. the culture um that they do and like all these different like title for different events that they host and like concerts that they do just like all the different great things that people the spaces that folks are creating like I think that that's the beginning mm-hmm. of uh, you know of the of the Renaissance. I do a friend of mine, um, not a friend, really an associate. His name is Devin. I'm not gonna put his full government out there because I don't know him like that. Um, but he used to work at Revolt, and he kind of helped coin the idea of Bella of the Black Renaissance. Mm-hmm. And um, and I learned that just from watching his stories, mm-hmm. you know. And he just kind of shared how it kind of developed. And now Diddy. Like it was something that he kind of floated around at you know at his at the at 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 the time when he was there and then, um. Fast forward, Diddy's using it, that word, and now it's like they want to do all these all this work around a black the Black Renaissance, Mm -hmm. but I really do feel like they're beyond just that. He's not the person to think that. He's not the only person to think that. But it's like this energy, like you said, it's becoming contagious. You got Tracy Ellis Ross. You got, there's like all these unapologetic, like, I just don't give a fuck anymore people mm-hmm. who are just like, listen, you don't own me. That's, in, that's like creating this sense of renaissance of like, the fact that we're even having conversations about healing right now as a community is like, have we even ever had conversations about healing For as a community? Like it's the privilege.
1: It's the it's a the privilege yeah, to heal. absolutely.
0: Yeah. Because to heal means that you're no longer trying to survive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, because that means you have reached the optimal point of surviving. Mm-hmm. So now you can like heal. You can mm-hmm. chill. Um, and, but honestly, though, so many of our people aren't even there yet. So me and I'm talking not just America. I'm talking about the world. Talk about my brothers and sisters in Asia. You know, down in Indonesia, India. I'm talking about my brothers and sisters in Europe. You know, in Palestine. You know, in Central America. Mm -hmm. Venezuela. Shit's fucked up. Yeah. Shit's fucked up, so like, it's going like you said, it's going to be, it's it's a time. It's going to take some time, but I think you never know how contagious the energy is. So always, I think we should always never stop putting it out there When the year was ending last year, I emailed and hit up a lot of my friends Mm -hmm. because I felt really like less than, you know, and because I was obviously going through my own shit. But I wanted to be a better server to my community, Mm -hmm. to my tribe, because I felt like so much of me needed them a lot that year Mm -hmm. because I was just going through and reacting and finding my strength, healing. I was going through my healing process. Mm -hmm. So as I was coming out of that, I was just kind of like, you know, um, I texted everybody, I said, how can I be, how can I better serve you in 2019? Like what are Mm -hmm. some things I can do next year that better serves you and like your goals, what you need? And some people were like, "I don't really need you to serve me. I just need you to be the best version of yourself." Because they knew that I wasn't really in a position to pour out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but then others were like, "You know what? I think we should spend more time together. I would really appreciate that." So maybe asking that question to your people that yeah. you want to be better with is like, "Yo, like, how can I better serve you? Like, mm-hmm. mom, how can I better serve you? Is there anything you need from me that I'm not giving you?" And like creating the space to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. And to receive that feedback. Because some Mm -hmm. people are not receptive to, you know, to feedback.
1: Yeah. True enough. I think, yeah. It's interesting because that is, as a man, you do notice it. Mm -hmm. And as myself, someone who personally tries to be as progressive as possible Mm -hmm. in conforming to what makes sense I'm to you good what makes sense to conform to you know what i mean and right. it, it, even still it, there's still stuff that i don't i'm not going to up and be like yeah i'm just open and ready and willing to do anything sometimes it's like yo i really don't want to do this but because i understand the greater good in the situation at hand or how this will probably just make my life easier in the long run i will submit to the terms that's because true. I'd rather not deal with the other side right. of what happens if I don't coming to terms with that in and of itself
0: is an accomplishment
1: is' an accomplishment. It will make life so much simpler, yes, it's for an important you.
0: lesson every person should learn, not even just men, but just people in general
1: and dealing with the opposite sex and the same yeah, just same friends, sex, just anything. it's just yes,
0: neighbors, politicians, all trump, all that like, and I think that.
1: To, to that point, I think that's one of the things where. That's one of the reasons why we get somebody like Donald Trump. It's to like, that. yo, shake things up. Y'all were mad about all of this stuff with Hillary, but it's like y'all, y'all are so, y'all don't even know how to choose the lesser of two evils. Like I would still much rather deal with that than someone who's locking kids up and taking them away from their families and have people getting beat up. You know what I mean? It's just like
0: so. Here's a question I have for you, because you said you have the uh, Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. you are rather the Hillary Clinton.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I uh, I voted for Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. You know I. Obviously, had my disagreements with her in the early on in the you know uh, presidential cycle, but I you know supported her. But she is the kind of because I understand politics, politicians. Some not all like Democrats are for the for the people. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And I'm not saying that she's not, but she's made she's had a pattern of decisions and choices that has shown that has given us reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. 100. Um so in my opinion i would call that someone but like she did it with like the wool over her eyes we didn't even know she did it mm-hmm. until like woke as fuck people started telling notice, us that she yeah. did it so would you rather have a wolf in sheep's clothing or a wolf because with donald trump at least we know what we're gonna get mm-hmm. But with other people, they can f- dress it up with a bow tie and tell you that the car has zero miles, and really, it's you know, it's a it's a you know, it's, you know, mm-hmm. a, a dead car.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. I feel like that that analogy still makes this situation black and white when it's not.
0: It's not. I but I'm don't. Just, I'm not speaking in the sense of Hillary and Donald and, and Trump. Okay. I'm speaking of a sense of how do you want your drink served do you want it served with- i feel
1: like i feel like if it's a wolf i feel like
0: like would you prefer i feel like a
1: wolf is never so well cloaked in sheep's clothing that you can't tell it's a wolf oh
0: there it are. would have
1: to be like it would a sheep looks like a sheep but it like would take- i'd at least be like yo something looks odd about this
0: well it would take the it would take shit to go down mm-hmm. so you put which it on- has Right, but it would take shit to go down for you to get to that point of realization. Mm -hmm. But at that point, you put yourself in a position to be compromised Mm -hmm. because there was a chance that it could be something that it wasn't. Whereas you had an option to get it straight up. So it's like, do you want a mixed drink or do you want a shot, is really what I'm asking. It's like, do you want it watered down and want to find out what the flavors are and how strong it is later, or do you want it straight up?
1: To that point, honestly, I feel like it comes down to and it it speaks to the importance of having experienced people in the space Mm -hmm. because even if we're talking about and it's getting technical, but these are the examples that we have. It's like (laughs) even in dealing with it, I know a mixed drink that is watered down versus a mixed drink that's strong as hell. It's like, oh, this has way more liquor than it has juice. But
0: you got to drink it first.
1: But you do. But at the same time, if experience would say, "Yo, don't throw this drink back." Experience would say, "All right, I'm going to sip it. I'm going to feel it out, That's and I'm going to act That's accordingly." True. That's so I think, true. and it goes back to what we was talking about That's before with
0: boundaries.
1: Exactly, Ew. it's going so far left, so far right. It's like, yo, we don't have to. And the same thing with Corey and Kamala. It's like, yo, I don't have to see one interview and write you off. But I'm going to feel it out. It's like you said, these things happen in phases. Mm-hmm. So if I'm taking it one step at a time, it's like. All right, I know you did. I didn't necessarily like this, but you might come after and do something else where I'm like, okay, I am for this. I'm feeling this, Absolutely. and you find the balance from everything. But I feel like so many people are like, oh, that one interview I wasn't fucking with it. I'm good I'm on that. Done them. with you exactly. Well,
0: this was a good, good, it was. good conversation. I appreciate you, Young Claudio. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for creating this space. That's gonna be my rap name. Yeah, and Claudio a, A.K.A. I feel money. like that makes. I just feel like a champion. Young Claudio makes me feel like I'm a winner. Like, champion
1: of the world. <laughs> you are a winner. You are a winner. You are crazy as
0: hell. I am, a, I, you know, I, I got a lot of energy. Okay, mm-hmm. I got that. No, I feel you. I got I a, feel I'm a fire sign, you know, come with all of that heat. Be, you know, I what's your it. sign? I'm a Pisces. Both of you guys are Pisces? Yeah. Whoa, intense. Yeah Intense energies So your birthday is
1: The 22nd
0: Next week Yeah I believe next, it's week. next week Both of your birthdays next week Okay Yeah Wednesday and Friday Come hang out Okay I'm coming through But yeah man This is a good talk And I'm I'm, I'm really grateful For the opportunity To uh, to to share some of What's inside of me
1: For sure What's your Instagram Twitter All that stuff you, you don't have Twitter do you I do And you, you know do? what
0: I'm gonna start using it Because I realized that For my rants They probably would do better on Twitter. On Twitter. Yeah. So I'm going to start doing that there. Okay. Um, So you can follow me at, (laughs) I'm just kidding. You can follow me at uh, Claudio Erica with the CK. Um,
1: Yeah. It's Claudio Erigo on both. Mm-hmm. Oh nice. At, in 2019, if you're creating an Instagram and Twitter and it's not the same, like that makes no sense. Yeah, like you're making like, things you're much making harder things for really yourself. are making
0: hard. People making it hard for people to find you.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, you can check me out on there. Um and you know, we thank can you. we can talk about this more.
1: <laughs> for sure. I thank you so much for chopping it up with me all this me. time. Thank you for having me. This
0: is so cool. Remember I told you, you know, how much this means to me? so well, I feel like I'm winning an Oscar.
1: This is an Oscar. And we have to create new spaces your, and yeah, get you all the Yeah, right.
0: look, look, like I said, niggas know they were. For real.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, now, listen, 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 I'm telling you.
1: Yo, that is hilarious. Now,
0: all, all of them, because listen, I'm telling you, like, I for so long did not know my worth, mm-hmm. and I'm still discovering my worth. Mm-hmm. But the men that I've dated throughout my life,
1: mm-hmm. they knew it.
0: They knew there were. Mm. So when they said they were done, they were done. Mm. I played the game of, like, I'm done. Wait, why don't you want me back?
2: Mm-hmm, why you not
0: mm-hmm. fighting for me? What you mean, baby? <laughs> Playing those games of trying to get like attention and mm-hmm. remol- over respect, you know, mm-hmm. seeking attention or respect. But man, all the men I've dated—not nah, all of them—some of the men I've dated it's truly new. know they were. and it's mm-hmm. like the way—not even in a way that they exited, but also in the way they operated—in the sense of like um, they knew what they wanted, mm-hmm. where they knew they wanted to go eat. Mm -hmm. okay they knew what they wanted to wear Mm -hmm. in the morning like how is this so simple for you Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's always like Mm -hmm. because but they were not looking for anything you Mm -hmm. know they weren't seeking anything whereas like i think myself at that time i would dress up for the sake of being cute
1: Mm -hmm. and being
0: seen as cute versus Mm -hmm. dressing for myself Mm -hmm. you know so now i get dressed a lot crap faster and i can move a little bit faster and you look fly bro 'Cause I am fly. Yeah. Because I know my worst now. right I'm learning that. But back then no one told me I mm-hmm. was fly. So I had to like be extra.
1: But you still appreciate being told you're fly.
0: I do appreciate yeah. being told I fly, so thank you.
1: But you have the the self
0: I have the self awareness where I don't need to be told. Yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah, always yeah. everyone appreciates a good compliment. Yeah. But I don't know, that's that's the PSS, is like, you know, these niggas out here know they worth. Mm. So, bitches and ladies and everyone in between, get to know yours too because y'all, see, look, you was like, this is an Oscar. It's how easy that was for you to just say. You know how many, like, I've been on another, I've been on a couple people podcast, but they were by women and they never mm. would have responded like that.
1: So let's, I just, start, let's start responding like that. I mean, let's man, that's start how responding we bring power like into this into the is. Space, is. Man. I am the
0: prize, I am the million dollar ticket. <laughs> That's
1: right. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Follow Young Claudio on Instagram and Twitter. She has amazing breakdowns of everything that's going on and in in the world that. and in her life. I'm that turning are just, that up a yes. notch. I'm, t- I'm, t- it's I'm time turning to that, do that up. Yeah,
0: I'm turning that up like 25 notches. Next, that week, means you're I gonna turn say- it up by like 50. Yeah, because I'm ready actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, So I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it out there like for real, and I hope people like it. You gonna fuck with it? Yeah, fuck with it. This is gonna be
1: this year is going to be very expansive. Facts, big facts. You are nuts. (laughs) All right, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you on the next one. Take care.
0: Yay! That was great.